0: There are many things which people know about dragons. Wherever there is a dragon in a biome, it is the supreme organism in that biome. If the king is the land and the land is the king, the same is doubly true with dragons. Skyle, the Dragon City, at the base of the Scarlet Sound, far in the north, is one of the most wondrous things built by anyone, anywhere. Chiefly, they are the apex predator anywhere in the world. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that dragons live forever, it seems. They only die by violence, sometimes by accident, but not often. Everybody knows these things about dragons. But what they don't know is that, well, dragons are awful fond of coriander. They enjoy sunbathing, but what they chiefly love, especially when they're young, is swimming. Calder, you don't remember when you got this deep, but the water is wonderfully warm, amniotic almost. Your eyes are closed and your lungs are full, but burning and close to bursting. You shake, you sweep your broad, ended tail and send yourself forward through the water, and crack your eyes to see the faraway glimpses of dots of light above you. Your new wings are better than you could ever have imagined at swimming. They give you razor control over your turns, extra propulsion, lift, drag, whatever they need. It's been a lot of fun, but it's been 20 minutes and you should probably take a breath.
1: Well, um, with uh, more than a little regret, I uh, push up my wings and my my legs to go back up and get some air. Uh, even though I don't want to, there's uh, the deliciousness and the, uh, the luxury of flying in slow motion underwater is something that I, I never get
0: tired of. And the camera takes a sidelong view as the high white light shines through the water which is all greys and blues and whites and silvers and takes a long view of the hatchling caller whose wings trail up beside him and- whose tail provides propulsion as his limbs are close to his body. He swims in a serpentine fashion, as dragons do, and there are bubbles which escape from between his scales and underneath his horns, and occasionally, out of his nose, he pushes towards the surface, and the legend appears to scallions. The angle changes as he pushes his long neck up out of the water and takes a long Deep breath. These are the bathing caves of your family's holdings in Skyle. Well,
1: I uh, kind of settle my uh, my wings half in and half out, and I get ready uh, to uh, take another big gulp of air and go back down.
0: The water shakes. Then all of the water shakes. Then we pause. And another dragon who is swimming in this cavern comes to the surface. You are surprised by this because you thought that like, you didn't see that dragon swimming, and frankly, you thought that moving part was the outer wall.
1: Well, uh, my reverie broken, I, I open my eyes and I, I take a look to see who else is
0: here. From out of the dimness, there hovers a broad, muzzled, golden-eyed bronze face, with those sweeping long mustaches and snowy white crest of scales and mane running down the length of this majestically long and sinuous neck. You know this, William. It is your grandfather, the very one bound into the kukri that you carry with you but wait a minute. If he's bound into a Gukri and you carry it with you, how are you both here in Skyld? And why, if you're both here in Skyled? having never met him in the flesh, do you have, what happened to Bailey Mina? All of these things are flashing through your mind. And your grandfather chuckles.
1: I raise a scaly eyebrow i i look closer that way when you're not quite sure what you see
0: pick one start there and ask it very well is that you grandfather of course i'm surprised to see you here to tell you the truth
1: I like to swim as as much as
0: the next dragon. Well, of course, but I've rather gotten used to being the only dragon swimming here. It didn't go well, then. I take it.
1: I uh, I scan about the cave. This, these are the bathing caves of Skald, right?
0: Yes and no. I can see that you're not here on purpose. Unfortunate, so. I some explaining that needs to be done. Come with me. And with that, he puts one foot out that is as large as one of those cottages that you've seen on the outskirts of Bailey Mina. You know, like out in the country in the, the swamp cottages on the side of the road. When he sets it down, the toes spread, and as it takes weight, all of the dragon flows into that spot in the shape no bigger than a typical elf wearing a very expensive men's suit. Uh
1: I'm I'm pretty impressed by that. I I guess I'll swim to the edge now. <laughs> and I'll get out and I'll try I'll try to change forms when I get out so I'm not a dripping, scaly scaly beast, but uh, hopefully a a dapper half-elf, slightly graying at the temples.
0: And that is exactly what happens as you reach out with your forelimbs and push your belly up onto the ledge. You kick your back leg up and grab with your scaly toes and thrash with your tail to give yourself a, a bit of a lift to get up out of the water. And once you've found your feet and stood up, the form that rises takes the spectacles out of his waistcoat pocket and puts them on the his nose.
1: I'm trying to play it super cool, I'm going to say, very well,
0: grandfather, where to now? In case you're just joining us, now is probably a good time to mention that Rapscallions is a story about criminals and their outlaw existence in ancient Bailey Mina, the eminently corrupt city of steel and steam. Now, because of this, we use rough language and occasionally brush up against mature topics. These are part of the story, presented as what they are, and uh, have the potential to offend some listeners. So, use your judgment. If you can dig that sort of thing, we've got a story we think you're going to love. We are the Runelanders. I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, Matt Adam, and this is Rap Scallions. So get ready, runetics, and let's roll. Alright, so I'm going to open the scene in the darkened alley, which splits the residential block. Well, it's, to mix. it's mixed small business and residential, you know, like the store on the main floor and the apartment on the second sort of buildings, right? And these are all stacked up two and three high so you've got like five and six stories where it's shop presidents shop residents as you do in bailey mina and in these back gardens on the ground level anyway there are these you know, you know there's walls that wall off an alleyway which is used for access to the interior of the block shakir it is down one of these alleys that you find yourself drawn to see a large and Angry sort of looking knoll rattling the uh, bars of one of the gates on a garden wall. It makes enough noise that it catches your attention. And as you look down the alleyway, you are pretty sure that you catch a glimpse of that woman from earlier. Well, Delilah.
2: Yes, uh, Shakir will creep down the alleyway trying to stay out of sight until he has a better idea of what's actually going on. um, He will keep one hand, keep his hand on his sword in case he needs to draw and fight quickly, but he will not draw just yet.
0: Dugan catches you by the elbow as you turn around and does a couple of gestures with his fingers, like basically asking you if you want him to circle around the block. And come at it from the other angle.
2: Uh, Shakir will nod and add a gesture that just, you know, be careful. But, uh, but yes, having backup would be helpful.
0: He nods and fixes you with his uh, with his gaze that says, "Don't be a hero, Shakir," and then waves like he's pushing downwards with his hand, which means, from your time in the field, take it slowly.
2: Jakir will smirk and you know, kind of the when do I do anything
0: different? Dugan like shrugs and since you're talking goes, all right, well don't go rushing in because uh, you know, I uh I need some time to get into position. Be safe. You too. And with that, he goes flitting off into the dark and around the block. You go creeping down the alley where we cut to the gate, where Giggles has grabbed the bars of this gate in this garden wall and is giving it a good shake. From within the buildings that lie in the alley, there are barking dogs and breaking glass and a meowing cat and cuckoo bird noises and other assorted sound effects from the city. Giggles sticks her face right up against the bars. Says, so, you know. <laughs> it's not gonna take me long to get through here. Why don't you just open the door and be a good girl
3: and uh mm, well I'll make it quick. Layla is going to expend a sorcery point for subtle spell and use that to cast suggestion. Radio. She takes a breath and suddenly there's a little bit of the smell of honey in the air. And she says, oh, Giggles, that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is go find your friends and go home. Maybe have a drink. I'm not worth it.
0: The knoll stands up for a second, and raises herself to her height to her full height as her hands slacken off the Bars of the gate. She straightens her posture up, becomes less feral, flattens the crest of the back of her hyena esque neck. Her pink mohawk flattens down, and she looks at you and says, hmm, Not a bad idea after all. You can probably bet you're going to see me again, though tonight well it's your lucky night and then she turns and that's when she sees Shakir approaching with his weapon well you didn't draw it did you
2: no he did not and it covers over his uh, his weapon so I mean probably she can tell I've got one but it is not at the ready yet
0: Okay, very good. So she turns and sees Shakir approaching with his uh, hand on the pommel of his weapon underneath his cloak. Hmm, who the fuck are you?
2: Just a passerby. I heard some noise and was curious as to what was going on.
0: (laughs) Keep passing by, Jack. This is none of your business
2: as you say. And he'll keep walking. Passing by seems like, you know, not turn around and go the opposite direction, but...
0: So you keep walking by, Delilah, that Shakir fella happens down the alley. As you walk past the gate, there, slightly luminous in the dim, Hiding in somebody's back garden is Delilah Del Rey behind a locked garden gate. You see her, your eyes meet, and you nod as you walk back to you.
2: Uh, where? Who is Giggles focused on at the moment? Giggles is watching you. Okay. Um. He will, as Shakir walks by, he will try and subtly kind of just with his eyes kind of flick at Giggles as if to say, what do you, you know, what do we do? And then look back at her waiting for some kind of signal.
0: From the alleyway, somebody gurgles something, giggles, turns her head. This fuck off. Am I the boss or not? <laughs> I make the calls around here. Do either of you speak Goblin? No, I don't. It's actually, by strange coincidence, yes, I do. Takes you a second because you haven't heard it since you're in the Legion. Like. There's some some times out in the frontier there where you'd hire goblin scouts, right? So you pick up the odd word here and there, and pretty soon you're talking to them, right? But anyway, you think what you heard was Giggles. The boss isn't going to be happy. And that's when Giggles is like, fuck off! Am I the boss here or not? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, Shakir will make like he didn't understand any of that and again, just keep walking kind of waiting for Delilah to give him a cue
0: Roll, the quick de- roll me a quick deception check would you? With advantage, why not, Stark? Well, with advantage, that's a nine Wait a minute. I know you. Do you? Oh, I see. very clever. Try to sneak one past old Giggles, huh? <laughs> well. Now, Delilah, what have you been doing while she's had her back turned to you and uh, not looking and distracted by Shakir?
3: Delilah has been quietly nodding to Shakir in a in a way that she is attempting to signal, please stick around until this crazy uh, animal goes away.
0: That seems to be the point, right? So that's exactly what uh, he's doing. And that's when... Giggles, stops, turns, like, as he's walking past. She watches him go, while still keeping an eye on you. And then she takes her attention off him completely and goes, wait a minute. I know you. And so you nod at Shakir. Shakir waits down the alleyway. In Goblin, the unseen figure goes, oh, for fuck's sakes. Seems if you got to do a job, if anybody's going to do a job right,
3: it's got to be the goblin.
0: And there's some motion from down the alleyway. Um, I need an initiative from everybody. I know what it seems like, but do you know where you actually are? Calder looks
1: around, his eyes narrow slightly, and then... He ponders for a moment, and then then I take a deep breath
0: to smell this place. It does not smell like anything.
1: Through a small smile, I say. Well, the bath is hot, and the cavern massive
0: but I do not smell sulfur. I believe we're in the dream. Very good deductive reasoning. However, not exactly correct. You see, the answer is everywhere. And nowhere. How long did you spend in the dream before you found your way here?
1: That is almost certainly a trick question. I do not know much about the dream, but I have... uh, I have quite a bit of certainty that time does not work there the way that it normally does. At least a few days, maybe years. I don't know.
0: You were 71 or so. A chubby little stripling when you left. Growing your wings, yes, but not due to sprout them for another five years, at least by the look of you. And here you are, a slender 90-year-old. When did you enter the dream?
1: Mere weeks after Nari left.
0: In the autumn, then? Oh, yes. Leaves were turning. And when did you leave it?
1: Oh. Well, we did arrive in the autumn. Then I believe we went to
0: spring. You left before you got there. That's likely the problem this might get a little tricky but and with that he leads you over to the lifts which are big enough to handle a young adults a couple of young adults you know the ones who maybe haven't mastered the art of shifting to a more compact form for the sake of access right
1: it's actually something. Uh, it's a little bit embarrassing that I'm so good at shape changing because you're not supposed to need to do that till you're quite a bit older. It's not a. It's not a good thing. It's. Uh, it's a little bit disrespectful.
0: Kind of, yeah. But yet you are very good at it. So, I mean, don't shit on the skills. So you are very good at it. So use what you've got. You uh, ride the lift up and you can see the flowing draconic script and the graffiti and stuff and when you reach the street level you push open the railing and step out into a busy gnomish basket weavers collective on the shore
1: uh, Does it look like Scald?
0: Not at all there is no sign of the Scaldic architecture. There is... Like... You don't... You're not... Wait a minute. Roll an insight check, would you please? Sure thing. Fifteen total. You... Um, yeah. You've been here before. Right. He lived in this weird commune where it was all free love and lots of pot and weaving baskets and organic clothes and this sort of thing. And, you know, very earthy sort of old school growing things out of the land type of deal. Good people, really. But yeah, this is when you spent those months in the Lakelands. At least you think so. Looks enough like it.
1: I turn around to look for the door back to the, uh, back to the caves.
0: Well, there's a great big mountain about three kilometers in the distance, and you can see it clearly across the tall grass. These are the Mithril Mountains, and these are the Mithril Grasslands, just over the border into Baal Burdock. Most of these people live in tree houses made of twisted grass and alchemically treated, are completely fireproof and wind resistant. Really, really ingenious use of the surrounding environment. But, you know, a little too close to the troll mark. And granola as hell, too.
1: This is all very perplexing. I, I look around. Does this feel like I'm dreaming that I'm here? Or does this feel like I'm in a past dream?
0: This is very comfortable. I see, you must have liked it here, then, for a while. After I left, it was the first place that
1: I felt safe.
0: That's probably why your mind is taking you here, then. You see, you're dying, Sean if you're not uh, already dead
1: I instinctively look down at my chest how how does it look
0: it's pristine there's nothing wrong with you it doesn't even hurt not a scale out of place
1: I uh I put my hand over where my heart is does it feel scaly
0: yes but oddly metallic now like your scales are the color of iron polished iron it's the color of your scales But they don't look like they're generally like hard leathery feeling at this point you don't you haven't grown a big enough to have a thick enough skin to actually have metallic-esque scales right but right in the center of your chest yeah that does feel a little uh little steelier all right oh grandfather
1: how is it that you're in my dream
0: Well, that's just the thing. Neither one of us is in the the dream. What do you know about the dream, son? What have you learned about it?
1: I know it is a place where thought can become reality. I know that time... time is more flexible than it is elsewhere. I know it
0: is a place for theories. Terribly, terribly lousy with the bastards, if you ask me. But that's neither here nor there. How many other dragons did you see during your time in the dream, I wonder? Uh, I'm sorry, that I can recall Nan. You, yes, indeed. Yet here we are, both of us. Without a skin to call our own, not really. Trapped between death and the dream. Oh, I see. Well, oh. what did you think was happening? Do you think we're actually in the Lakelands and we came here from Skyld via one tunnel? No. No, I did
1: not. But now I see that if you're here like this... That means, in our world, where your portal to it is the dagger in which you inhabit, then this must be where you actually are. Which means, wherever my body is, I'm
0: likewise, not much more than an object. And this is where I am. And with that, he reaches out and pinches you on the cheek, and it hurts. Not like terribly, but just enough to give you a little... You know, twinge with the talons, and though he reaches out with elvish fingers, you can feel the hardness of draconic keratin at the tips of his fingers. Ow! I've never done that before. Really? I feel like you pick on me quite often, grandfather. I pick on you all the time, but when have I ever been able to lay a hand on you? And with that, he pushes you. Oh, I see.
1: I'll, uh, I'll score up my shoulders and give him a look. Uh, it's about a thousand times more imposing than I feel.
0: Also, it is not that imposing a look. He snickers as he walks off through the tall grass, which comes up to the middle of his upper arms, but towers well above your gnomish friends. Is he is, is he walking away from me?
1: I... <laughs> Well, I guess I'll stop trying to stare him down yep. and just catch up.
0: As you're walking through the grass, he uh, he stops for a second. He looks around and goes, oh, bugger, I've dropped it. Help me find this thing, would you? And he, like, starts looking around on the ground. Doesn't tell you for what.
1: Yeah, that checks out. This is definitely my grandfather. I'll start looking for something that I don't know what we're looking for.
0: Okay, Shakir, you're up. You are standing in this alley. It is not choked with garbage, although the garbage is present. There's like mists rising from grates and sounds of people getting about their business in their house. Windows open, people fighting and dogs barking and cats meowing and like kookaburra noises. The pavement down here is always moist from the condensation that falls from the heat of the city above. So it's usually pretty slick. It's not difficult terrain or anything like that. Um, You should watch your footing, but it's not too much of a concern, right? The knoll is standing between you and the garden gate. Um, Delilah still could go through the house, and there are lights coming on from within. You know, as you see, like lights approaching from the, the kitchen window that opens into the backyard. Gables seems confused and shaking her head for a minute. Like she was very aggressive and then she relaxed. And then something that dude said in Goblin sounds like a Goblin accent, too. Like a real Frontier style Goblin accent. Probably a Goblin somewhere about. But you can't see him. The alley is probably about 20 feet across. And uh, if it matters, thirty feet high, before you hit arches. And about how far away is giggles from me? Fifteen feet.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, since it seems like things are, I guess just Shak- Shakir gets that
0: feeling that it's about to go down. Yeah, your neck hair's fire. Some violence is forthcoming. Your tactical brain tells you that you could withdraw right now. The Knolls' attack on you isn't imminent. But looking at how she seems to be interested in doing Delilah harm, it's not hard math.
2: All right. Then uh, Shakir will draw and close. I draw as he closes and make his attack on Giggles. Go ahead and get first hit in.
0: Roll. All
4: right. Uh, okay,
2: the first attack is a 26, and the second attack is a 27 to hit.
0: Those both hit.
2: And since he hit with that, I'm going to expend a superiority die to make us a menacing attack, uh, if I, I, which will add to the damage roll, and the target must make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened of me until the end of my next
0: turn. Okay, so you skin that blade and you throw down, man. It's two good slashes. Um, Giggles, jumps back, reaches under her arm in behind, and grabs like this three section staff, which she brings out in a wide arc. Um Your first attack catches her. It's just stab, like a hard stab. As she reaches across body, you hit her just under the arm, poking her hard in the chain mail that she's wearing under her jacket. Roll your damage.
2: Uh, the first attack was 17, including the superiority die.
0: Thank you. Her fingers shift until it's just grabbing one section of the staff, and it starts to swing out. Roll your second damage. Uh, the second damage was a 10. All right, so she's brought her arm out and throwing your blade wide. You bring it around in a trademark riposte and uh, almost catch her on the end of the snout. If uh, she wasn't so tall and so quick, you would have had her. Now it's her attack. As the flail snaps out, you leap back, bring your sword up, and parry the first shot. However... As you do so, it spins the attack, like it spins that end of the staff back the other way. With inhuman grace, Giggles catches that end of the staff in the other hand and releases the other end, whipping it around like a nunchuck. This one hits you solidly, and I need you to make the constitution save. 25. Well done. It um, It hurts fuck it hurts um you weren't pre- you weren't prepared for that like you swat the one end aside and as you're bringing your sword around the other one catches you right on the chin and this is a heavy iron bar it weighs about a pound so it's a good caution 10 damage and uh, like it, it turns you let's not dress it up it's a good shot and it turns you one you uh recover though you're still conscious you shake it off It's a good wake-up call. Her third attack is around over her head and snaps through the bars to try to get Delilah because she has a 10-foot reach and can do that. So, I'm going to be nice and make that a disadvantage attack, but I didn't roll higher than a 12 anyway. So, Delilah, um, you see the, you, you see this flin bar snap out and uh, Shakir smacks the one end back towards Giggles who catches it in the other hand, smacks him with the other end of the staff, and then like with a flick of her wrist, says the whole work smashing back towards you, flicking between the bars of the garden gate and barely missing you. You're up. Lila is going
3: to take a step back. Uh, and as her action, uh, to get out of reach of the flim bar, use that gate and, um, as her action, she's going to cast Firebolt.
0: Very good. Roll your attack, please. It's
3: a 16.
0: You, okay. What does your attack look like?
3: Lila frowns and takes step back, flexing one of her fists. And when she opens it again, there's a little bit of fire sitting on her hand, and she lifts her hand up and blows it toward uh, Giggles.
0: As everybody knows, all fire needs is a little bit of a breeze to flare up. This one launches like it's been fired from a bolter. With a long tracer, this little mote of fire rips across and smashes into Giggles is Back Her cloak catches on fire and so for a moment the knoll rips the cloak off of her back and throws it across the alleyway. Shakir, you dodge this no problem. And uh we are back to the top of the round.
2: Alright, wary of the staff but hoping that uh the <laughs> being set on fire is plenty distracting. Uh, Shakir will move in and strike twice more, um, going for low strikes, uh, probably along the hips or thighs. um, So as to deal with her being open, but not opening himself up too much.
0: Your first attack with advantage while Giggles gets her cloak off.
2: All right, that would be another 27 to hit. You got her. Uh, 10 damage on that one. Yeah, second attack is a 15.
0: Well, your first attack is the one that counts, right? Like, uh, she's... She reaches her right hand up to pull her cloak off with her flin bar in the left hand. She pulls the cloak up over her head and Giggles just is not expecting the big double-handed full-blade smash that you lay on her midsection. It uh, it doubles her over. But... uh, She catches the blade with her elbow and holds it close to her body. You uh, pull it out, and by the time you set your feet to rally for a good two handed stab, um, you have to defend as the middle part of that flint bar comes reeling around up behind your head. You step back, take a swipe, it almost hits, but not quite. Over to Giggles. The uh, three strikes of the flin bar, boom, 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 land on either side of you. First right, then left, then right again. Smash, 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 striking sparks off the cobblestone as you dance elegantly out of the way. Shakir, Delilah, you're up. Um, Giggles has put another five feet of distance between you. You are still behind that locked gate. As a bonus action, Giggles goes, nice trick. Got Got any others up your sleeve? (laughs)
3: what kind of action is pulling a weapon it's a free action hooray uh then lila is going to pull her rapier uh run in and stab through the bars since rapiers seem like they would be good at that and then use her bonus action to disengage
0: Use her bonus action to...
3: To disengage.
0: Okay. Roll your attack. Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, Giggles has stepped out of range. She's put five feet between you, which means that she's beyond five feet, which means that you have to open the gate to close with her.
3: It's going to cost... I could actually attack with a whip, couldn't I? Good, yep. I'll do that instead. Very
0: good. Uh, so you step up to the gate, put your hand like, put your hand with the whip through, play the whip out, and give it a quick snap. Um, it's going to be tricky like this, so your first attack is going to be a disadvantage. You figure out how to get the whip rolling properly without the full you know range of motion of your arm.
3: First one is a twelve.
0: It snaps next to Giggles' ear and she kind of steps back and puts you two on, a, on either side of her now. Hmm. Ah, three of you, huh?
3: Delilah Uh, looks slightly confused.
2: Shakir doesn't give away what he knows, but inside, certainly, uh, uh, it's like, okay, about time. Top of the round. You're up, Shakir. All right, uh, Shakir will try and circle to keep Giggles in between him and Delilah as much as possible and still press the attack.
0: All right. You you turn like you keep going. You keep circling to your right, which is her left, which puts which still keeps you between her and Delilah. But uh, she's going to have to turn her back on one of you. And uh, you'd probably rather it was Delilah, because if it's you, you're going to kill her. Right.
2: She wants to make that mistake. I would be happy to indulge.
0: So, Giggles has that Flynn bar going. Uh, she's got both her hands in the center section, and the two ends are wheeling ominously as she looks at you, snickering. It's <laughs> a good thing I brought a couple of friends, too. Your attacks, please.
2: Uh, first attack is a 19, the second attack is a 14.
0: Your first attack hits.
2: Uh, Fifteen damage with that.
0: Whirling end of the flint bar, she keeps. Wa- she tilts her head to keep her kind face angled towards you, and uh, raises a lip disdainfully. She uh, can't help but snicker, and you see her backwards bending knee, the one that she's resting her weight on. Begins to shake ever so slightly. There's your attack. You faint high. She brings the flin bar up, and then with a brutal crushing stomp of your heel, bring it down to collapse her knee. Unfortunately, that gives Giggles all the help, all the time she needs to get a hold of you. So she's going to roll her attack. Sorry, this is a grapple attack. All right. I need you to make an athletics check, Shakir. Ooh,
1: 26.
0: Okay. Well done. You uh go in and stomp her foot. As she goes down with her, as she goes down, like almost goes over, she reaches out to bear you down under her weight. But uh, for a moment, you catch her, like her hand on your shoulder, your shoulder on, like your hand on her elbow, because she's that much bigger than you. And uh, you steady each other for a minute. And just as she's about to grab hold of your shoulder, like she goes to grab hold of your cloak and just pull you in, which wouldn't be good, let's face it. She, you feel her grip begin tighten and you just slide out from underneath. Unfortunately, you have no cloak anymore.
2: So as he whips away, Shakir will just kind of smirk and uh, enjoy. I'll be having that back soon.
0: Okay, now I need you to make a constitution save.
5: Eighteen. She
0: smashes you with that flint bar again. You can feel like it, it's it's a good one, man. It hits you hard enough that there's a flash of white, and all of your muscles lock for just a second. Um, it staggers you good and hard. But you make your save. So take ten damage. And a natural 20 for her third attack, which is the Flail of Pain. So this one's going to hurt. Take 42 damage. Do you have any resistance to Psychic or Bludgeoning damage? Uh, no. Well, then you, my friend, are at half of your hit points, well, less than, after Giggles hits you with this, the first one locks your muscles up, the second one puts you right down. And she snickers and goes,
5: yeah,
3: <laughs> we'll wrap you up in it. Delilah? How are the two of them looking?
0: Giggles? looks as though she's been just been like you know she's been hit a couple of times you're pretty sure he cut her at least once good across the body uh but you can't tell because it's underneath her jacket and she and it's dark you know but i mean she you could hear the sound of a blade of the a blade's edge on chain mail rings right so, she's hurt pretty good. That kick, man. She's still favor like she's favoring that knee, but uh, like she limps. She limps to loom over him, but she just knocked him fucking flat. He went to grab him. He danced away, and then she flicked that fling bar out and caught him, and then whipped it around and just caught him down. Shakir, um, you. I'm not going to make you spend your movement to stand up cuz I didn't say you were prone. But uh, yeah, that was that was a good one, man. You uh you regain your feet. How you don't know. That just about shut the lights off, man. While we are waiting. And uh, take your time, no big rush. From down the alleyway there is a flurry of motion and uh Anybody who cares to look, certainly neither of the combatants. All of you have your attention fully engaged, whether you're Shakir, Delilah, or Giggles. But down the alleyway, oh gentle listeners, we see two unsavory-looking goblins creeping along through the trash, blending the way that city goblins do with long knives in their hands, creeping up on Shakir who does not see them coming. From the mouth of the alleyway, however, there is a flicker of motion. The first goblin spots it, turns around and catches a dagger in the eye. The second goblin sees his partner go down, turns around, and that's when Dugan leaps on him in the trash. They wrestle for a few seconds, with the goblin holding the gnome's wrist out, up and high, there's another gunshot that goes wild. Dugan rolls over onto the goblin's chest And that's when we see that Well, evidently you can stab a goblin in the eye And not kill them Because the first goblin Tackles Dugan off into the trash The goblin who hadn't pinned Stands up and with those big Iron-toed boots Begins kicking the shit Out of Shakir's gnomish companion
3: Back to the fight, Delilah Delilah is going to spend two sorcery points to Quicken Spell on Bless, to bless her and Shakir. And then, uh, as her regular action, is going to shoot another Firebolt at the Mean null.
0: Nicely executed. I'm going to give you uh, inspiration for that. If you have inspiration, convert it to a Fate Dice. Mark that down and remember you have it.
3: I have marked down my inspiration.
0: So, Delilah, the city is your mother. She always has been. She loves you. She will always look after you. If you die anywhere, it won't be in Bailey Meal. Well, at least not until your time. And so, with that being the case, conditions are a little more favorable. Shakir, you could swear that it brightens up slightly here, whereas the knoll... Looks just a little more haggard, and you can see by the dilation of her pupils. If possible, she seems to be looking harder to find you. This is when you hear the gunshot from down the alleyway. Casting a quick glance, you see uh, Dugan getting the shit kicked out of him by a pair of goblins. Roll
3: your firebolt, please, Delilah. Is it 23?
0: Well, that'll get her.
3: For 16 fire damage.
0: That beautiful pink mohawk of hers, which she raises as uh, she titters at Shakir, who has like, scrambled back up to his feet and taken shots. Or, after taking his shots, um, you see him rally somewhat, wreaking his feet, you know, that look of defiance on his face. Um He's bleeding out of his mouth. Like his lip is split pretty badly, but not disfiguringly or anything like that. Just enough that he's bleeding down his face. And then uh, as Giggles raises her, like raises the hackles on the back of her neck, including that glorious pink mohawk, Delilah lights it on firebolt. So while the effect is quite comical, for the next few seconds. Um, back to the top of the round. Shakir, you get an attack with advantage. All
2: right. Uh, first thing Shakir's going to do is I'm going to use my, my bonus action for a second wind to give myself a little bit more hit points left or hit points back. Good man.
0: So I'll heal for 11. You know what? Make that twenty-two. Your dungeon master is feeling both capricious and generous. This is a story point. It will come back to you. (laughs) All
2: right. Um, And Shakir, under Shakir, noting that the goblins are dealing with Dugan, he needs to get to them, get to help his friend quickly. But if he turns his back on the knoll, they're all dead. So. Uh, This needs to end quickly, so I'm going to use my action surge this round to take four attacks on the knoll.
0: Very good. As Delilah fires her firebolt and giggles his pink mohawk, bursts into flames, the knoll lets out an ungodly shriek, and Shakir explodes into action. Roll your attack. All right.
2: Uh, It's a good thing that that first roll had advantage, because one of the dice was one. Uh, But the good one was an 18, so another 27 to hit on the first attack. Uh, Second attack is a 26. Hit. Third attack is a 12. Yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting I get to add the, the D4s for my bless, and I didn't bother on the ones that I knew would hit. All
0: right. Well, roll that up.
2: And that that was a four, so that next one was a... That's three hits. Okay. And the last one was a
0: 16. That's exactly what you needed. So, um, roll damage.
2: 12, 9, 16, and 11.
0: From Delilah's perspective, Delilah, you blow another... Mode of fire into a weapon which hits the knoll in the back of the head and lights her hair on fire spectacularly, I might add, illuminating quite a bit of this alley. What happens then is she loses her shit directly and just unloads on Shakir with this heavy iron weapon that she just like. You saw her cut him down with it once before. And uh, those big, knollish muscles moving under that hairy pelt with the blazing fire and the stink and the, just the blur of motion. He fights like a poet. He's, it's like he's dancing with her. This man moves like your father said the greatest of the matadors move. And for a second, it's all you can do to watch him at it. He and the knoll go, like she tries to cut him down, but that sort of his stops her. Uh, he's learned to block her now. And now the third attack she makes. He turns it back. That big flim bar comes out. He chops the third section off the end. Left with two sections now, she switches her attack. It gets faster, more brutal, more vicious, more desperate. But she cannot lay a millimeter of the iron upon his sweaty skin. He dances around her just cutting her to bits a bit at a time and finally completely enraged she holds the flint bar in both hands and roars her displeasure at him before reaching around her head in a great big haymaker before the flint bar clears the arc of her shoulder shakir has put his sword firmly through giggles his breastbone there is a squelch and grim said, His features speak of a job well done. You pull a sword out, Shakir, and look down the other end of the alley. We see that Dugan has rallied. One of the goblins is down on its face, and the other one has been thrown off. Dugan stands up onto his feet. Reaches into his waistcoat. You can see he's bleeding out his nose and his mouth. And one of his eyes is puffing shut. He also appears to be unsteady on his feet. And two of his fingers of his left hand are hanging out at weird angles. But he reaches into his jacket. Takes out his other revolver. And just puts one through the face of the goblin on the ground. But not before the goblin that he cast off sinks at night. In between Dugan's shoulder blades. The gnome drops to the ground. The goblin stands back with disbelief and glee that he survived. Dugan slumps over forward. The goblin leans over forward to say something, and Dugan pulls the trigger, emptying the remaining three cylinders over his shoulder. Want to gloat? That's what you get. The goblin just falls over. The front of its head is flat on the cobblestones. As Dugan rolls over onto his back, drops the gun and oh, 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 oh. his next utterance is a huge gout of blood out of his mouth Delilah you clear the gate but uh, Shakir has already run down the alleyway um, it's 30 feet it's going to take you a few seconds to get there Shakir you get to your friend and take a knee he doesn't look good
2: uh, Shakir will yeah again kneel down try to assess uh, obviously it is not looking good um
0: you know uh. they got him Shakir they fucking killed your best friend you need heavy magic and it's just fucking not coming and he looks at you with that big stupid face of his and a big wide grin spreads across it as he clasps your hand and says oh fuck Fuck, shaky, we know what's gonna <laughs> happen, man. I'm sorry, it had to name me first. And then he's gone. Uh,
2: Shakir will lower his head, close Dugan's eyes. Forgive me, my friend.
0: A moment later, Delilah is there. Like, this, that second... Delilah, the first thing you hear upon running up is the death rattle of this gnome.
3: The next breath Delilah lets out looks like smoke, if smoke were made of sunlight. But she takes a second and closes her eyes. And then when she opens them again, it's back to whatever it was. And she looks at Shakir and says, here, let me take a look at you.
2: I will live. And for that, I'm
0: more fortunate
2: than my friend.
0: Uh, Delilah, his nose is broken. And his, his teeth, Shakir. you've got at least three loose teeth. This is going to take... It's You're going to feel it anyway. It's a good fight. A real good one. And certainly better than you were prepared for, evidently.
3: Lila squares her shoulders, looks at him, and says, Well, good thing I'm a fair hand at setting noses. Hold still. So
0: you're peeling away through, like, grass roots and this and that, and you can't find anything, and then you hear, Oh,
1: well, there it is. I look over. Can I see what it was looking for?
0: You stand up, and you're on the docks in Bailey Mina. My eyes
1: narrow. My grandfather's still with me?
0: Yep. This, he says, and he waves his hands at Bailey Mina. He goes, posh. And everything just stops. Like from birds in flight in the air to boats bobbing along on the surf. Like everything, the creaking of the sea, the the sounding of the birds, everything just freezes. It's all there in three dimensions. You can see and hear it. You can even feel it if you concentrate, right? Like you can feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, you can feel the uh, the the just the atmospheric pressure of the air going into and out of your lungs, and the can you? And just as you're pondering that, he looks. He goes, "Where do you think you are, colder?" I take a look around me. There's a
1: frozen stevedore next to me. I I give him a gentle push.
0: It's uh he moves he goes over into the into the firth and disappears to reappear slowly on the dock next to you do you think that's yeah you're breathing no
1: I don't think that's I don't think I'm breathing at all right now am I
0: indeed not neither one of us had and neither one of us has in longer than you'd be comfortable with how long have you been here Oh, quite a bit longer than I had hoped. But you can leave. Not exactly. I can appear to those who are able to see me, and for a very long time, I spent alone in my rival's bath chamber with only him aware of my existence. Hmm. Will I be able to leave here? This is my fervent desire. Let me show you why I think so. I'll, I'll nod at him. So, as he le- I, he snaps his fingers, everything reappears, and he walks over to a bakery. It is a familiar bakery with a little round Estimondine man with uh, no hair and a well-maintained set of moustaches who is putting out the venadine rye. Your grandfather walks past him into his shop and holds the door for you. I will follow. You step into the bakery and pass a kid. Yep, that's Timothy. all right. I'll uh I'll look directly at him and say good morning he appears to be talking to a white sparrow perched on his shoulder and pays you absolutely no mind as he walks out the door swearing at the bird
1: fascinating
0: do uh do I recognize the bird no you've never seen the bird Uh, who else is in the store? Right now, nobody. Hmm. Well, I, what I, now? I suppose we'd better have a pastry. Uh, it seems we're early. Uh, of course, what uh, what sort would you like? There are some fruit pastries around, danishes and whatnot like that. Um, I guess they'd be dobrishes, right? Sorry. There are some fruit dobriches around for your edification and, you know, consumption they're really, really good. They're about as good as pastries can get. Um, however, you are aware distantly of the fact that you can't actually, you're not actually tasting them. You're just eating them and it's good, right? Because good pastries are good. Good pastries are good. Yeah. When you finish with the pastries, the door opens and, uh, Timothy walks back in into the back room, and at that point, your grandfather follows him when the when he opens the, like, it looks like a broom closet door. He opens the door and leaves it open behind him. Or, sorry, opens the door, closes it behind him, and no sooner does the door close than your grandfather opens it and jumps into the closet. Hurry up, quickly!
1: Uh, I. Uh, that's not what I was expecting, so I'll uh, I'll uh, quickly uh, cram the last bite of, of Doberge into my mouth and jump into a closet.
0: The door closes, and when he opens it again, you step out into a plaza in the highest courts of the Noble Towers at the center of the Firth, the center of the city itself, where the richest and brightest live. Up here, special high-altitude plants have to be imported from the mountains of Zerovica to, you know, withstand the cold temperatures because of the sheer height of the place.
1: All right, I'll, uh, nice. I'll, take, a, I'll take a look around. And, uh, is is, is Timote here?
0: No. Is the white bird here? No just your grandfather. And he says, look around you, out huh? What do you see? And when you look around, the short answer is Bailey Mina. Brightly arrayed in all of its glory. Yes, there are great big fat clouds which have scudded down the Firth. But they are now independent of anything in worth seeing in the city. And now you see it all connected like a great big breathing machine held together with shoelaces and spider webs and Train tracks and, you know, lace made of iron and the whole great, big, unbelievable, magical diagram in steel and copper and glass. You get why Bailey Mina? Because there couldn't possibly not be. No possible way. You understand it you see it from this perspective and it all makes sense and for a long time you just sit there and drink it in and then eventually your grandfather puts his hand on his on your shoulder and says and now for the part that's really gonna bake your noodle there are no other dragons here because this is the dream whose dream that's been an ongoing question our dream son this All of this is the dream. The dream is magic. And magic, well, magic is the dreams of dragons.
1: I'll take a moment as I absorb what he just said.
0: For this reason, you won't see any of us here. All of this is contained in the dreams of our kind. We are here because we are caught between life and death. But you, you lucky bugger, I sense there's people working to get you out of this. And so your time here must be limited. So listen up. What's the next thing? Well, that's going to be the hard bit. But it's right over there. See it? I look at where
1: he's gesturing to, what do I see?
0: It's look, it's out there, and you got you get right close to the edge of this the, this guardrail and you look out over it. There's like a like a little silver gleam in the sky in the distance, like a star at midday almost, right? Just a little blink. You lean out and you, you kinda lean forward, and that's when he slaps you in between the wings and you go head over heels directly above the Firth, like a thousand feet below. At this height, the impact will definitely kill you. But wait, will it? Uh, I,
1: I, I have the sense that perhaps instinctively, I might, I don't know, open my wings.
0: The great big iron wings with all the rotating blades and fans and things that give you awesome lift unfold from your gleaming iron scales as though you've done it every day for the last hundred years. Those ones? Why, of course
1: those ones.
0: Right, so you spread them out and give them a flap and the great big clashing of the metal veins between the, the, uh, the bones of your fingers. Um, Sweep the air away beneath you, and you take to the sky. You stretch out your long neck and laugh and laugh in red lightning all over the place into one of these clouds, right? And uh, looking over next to you, your grandfather's taking a more sedate and presentable, maneuverable form. He's only about twice your size. And he flies up over top of you and behind. When you turn your head around to look at him, it's very good, you've got it. Now, straight ahead. Second one on the right and straight on to morning. Go
1: I don't even acknowledge him. I like I just turn and it's as fast as I can go.
0: It is as fast as you can think. All of the Empire streaks out and you start heading toward what must be the capital, right? but by the time you get there you're out over the sea garden and you notice that there is no detail it is just water like uh, there's no bottom yep. there's no far shore there's no there is only the water beneath you and sky all around clearly i'm not
1: going fast enough i go faster
0: for how long who can say right There's just the sensation of pure, unmitigated, unadulterated, no wind resistance, the sensation of speed. I'm really fine to just keep flying. And you do that for a while, and eventually you're, you you look and you're aware that your grandfather is, uh, waiting for you to return but you have gone so far and so quickly there's just been nothing but wide open space and the sensation of endless acceleration you didn't ever hit a limit you know you just kept moving faster it was exhilarating when you stop you uh when you stop you have to really fan your wings right like just them to slow down and everything comes with this giant crash of iron scales and, you know, pains smashing together and, you know, you... you like, just a, a rough ex- exhalation and, uh, you know, you, you your, your eyes screw shut with a clank and there's a, like, leaking of the red electricity that from between your teeth and, you know, you put your hand to your chest because now, fuck, that hurt, right? Like, wow. Still tender. When you looked out, there's that... Glowing red light from the center of your chest. Hmm.
1: Well, I turn around, somehow just floating in the air, and I concentrate very carefully on my grandfather until I can see him.
0: He is a long, long ways away, and then when you, as you concentrate, the way disappears. The distance between you disappears and then there he is at the limit of your vision. Getting closer, the closer you look at him. You are not moving and neither is he. Strange. I'm
1: feeling impatient. I will step towards him.
0: And then you are there. Now as you know from your... did you have fun? Let's start with that. Did you get that off your chest? It was
1: quite marvelous.
0: You're looking like you're getting better by the moment, so I'm going to have to be fast. Where are we, do you know? We are, we are in the dream.
1: I think we're in the dream of Belly Mina. I don't mean about Belly Mina. I think Belimina's alive, and we're in her dream.
0: We were, before we left, you see. Now, we are somewhere else entirely. I had a theory, you see, a long time ago, when I was first imprisoned. If there is light, there can be no light without darkness, and no summer without winter, no autumn without the spring. Surely there must be something other than the dream and that is not the material or fairy. very you see is just merely a universal reaction to the material the dream oh it lies between them but it cannot be the only thing of its kind and if this is the case then what is that other thing
1: you would have to be the thing that lies between the real and the dream whatever exactly. that veil whatever that barrier is that stuff that that separates ether. the two ah I see the ether. So the vacuna between the real and the dream lies the ether. Is that where we are now? Precisely so. I look around. Do I see anything, or is it just an infinite white plane?
0: Well, right now it is an infinite sea with an infinite blue sky, full of infinite white clouds, lit by an invisible sun from everywhere. fascinating,
1: right? It never occurred to me that you could outrun a dream. But I guess we do it every time we awaken, no?
0: Yes. In a sense, we'll get to that. There's much I have to teach you, but this was the first part. It looks as though they are about to finish their task. Come back. I have much to teach you. But for now, Get used to your new circumstance. I will take a breath to reply and then open
1: my eyes.
0: The shutters flick open on your optic sensors and the room rises into view. So, Arabet. Ahoy. Timotei takes off to go have a walk, and then he hasn't come back in a long time. Kid is always getting into trouble. Yes, magic beasts. Yes, he's a magician. You can't help but worry about him. Ziva comes back in. Everybody starts talking. Talk, talk, talk. Noisy, noisy, noise. Still no Timotei.
4: All right. He went outside, right? So he did. I'm just going to go for a stroll, guys. I'll be right back. And I walk out the door.
0: So you go walking out into the hallway, and there's various chambermaids and valets and other assorted household staff cleaners, you know, that kind of thing. They're doing their jobs. Bustling around. Now, as you walk down this one hallway, which seems to connect two buildings in this house, that's the thing about these houses. This is an old school, like, this place has got to be 700 years old.
4: Oh, I bet it's older.
0: Like, the, this style of architecture is 700 years old, yet it is perfectly snug and warm within. Which is strange for houses that old, because those tend to be drafty piles of stone that people stayed inside because if they came out, other people would kill them.
4: Kind of describes the vicinity.
0: Yeah, except that this place, like like the the car, like the all the joints are square, the masonry is not to be believed, and all the windows are inch thick leaded glass. The place, quite simply, is Platonic or Gerontodinal, Gerontodinal, rather.
4: Gerontodinal,
0: very nice. Yeah, Gerontodin, the famous philosopher. So you go walking out across carpets that are thicker than lawns, like. You know those really nice, thick Kentucky bluegrass lawns that you just like walking across in your bare feet. Everybody, we've all been on those, those real golf coursey things that just feel like a, a carpet of green, a literal berber carpet of vegetation, right?
4: Yes, yes.
0: The kind of feel even better when they're wet. Well, this carpet isn't wet but it has that sort of liquidy feeling as you walk across it in your soft-soled shoes, Arabet, It is honestly like walking across a lawn. And you look, and there is uh, You've left footprints in this carpet. And you're going to roll Perception. Thirteen. And you almost step into the trap, which this carpet is. because it is a quicksand carpet these things were made illegal like 50 years ago inhumane right formerly they were just put it just put in front of disused entrances to be a properly decorative trap you don't ever expect the carpet to drown you right yeah this one's a little dry, which is why you haven't fallen through it.
4: Well, like I said, I leap out of it.
0: Yeah, like you, you nobody sees these things anymore. Honestly, um yeah, you almost fell into a deep pit of quicksand and drowned. But at the same time, like the oldies, right? The the hits, the old hits. How big is this carpet? Uh, It's uh, 10 by 15.
4: I'll get to the edge and roll it up.
0: I need an athletics check with strength.
4: Ooh, I rolled good. 17.
0: All right, you roll the trap up. The flagstones underneath are dry and dusty. Nobody's going to fall into it, but uh, you're not taking it out of the room right now. Not by yourself.
4: I'll just leave it it rolled up there. Okay. I take a second. I would sit in a chair, but I'm afraid that I might get trapped, so I sit on the flagstones for a second and catch my breath.
0: Yeah, that that was a bit of work. the The door to the like this big solarium with all the plants and you know potted plants, potted palms and whatnot, ferns and things designed to make you feel as though you're out in a forest while you're reading on the big, heavily overstuffed leather couch? Where you're currently sitting, like quality, this rich, amroony leather, this, you know? So much money in this room. The money that you're sitting on in this couch could feed a family for, well... If you can feed a family for a week on a gold piece, then this is good for 800 weeks. Nice. That carpet- That's a good
4: 16 years.
0: Yeah, that carpet, that fucking carpet you rolled up, probably 20 grand.
4: Somebody likes their toys, that's for sure.
0: Whatever this table you're setting your feet on right now is made of, it's, it's probably expensive. The carpet it's sitting on, there's another 200. Cause that, my friend, is Kuna Tomes. Oh, very nice. Like seriously, deep imports, very expensive. The place is tasteful and expensively decorated. Is anyone around? just the staff as you lean back in the tilt your head back and look up through the inch thick lead glass panes of the solarium and you see all three moons in the sky the blue sky
4: three moons in the blue sky at the same time
0: all three moons in the blue sky yep The big green one, the smaller red one, and the little white dot.
4: Well, that's auspicious.
0: Now, they haven't drifted together, but they're not far off.
4: When do they drift together, usually? New Year. So, we're coming up on the New Year?
0: According to the moons...
4: Oh my gosh. I mean, by the Empress, that's unusual.
0: Very strange indeed.
4: Like, we didn't leave anywhere near Dead Winter. So, if it's not Dead Winter, we're. Our... No, it's Dead Winter here, obviously. Close Is there th- another door?
0: back to timothy who after stepping out of the girl's bedroom walks through the door into well onto a buster platform huh. the train rattles by at all speeds it's uh, not stopping at this station evidently and in fact looking around the station appears closed for renovations like there's some scaffolding and buckets with paint and stuff, looking around, uh, judging by the general light of the place, it appears to be, like, really early in the morning.
5: Okay, Bird, what next?
0: Hmm. Seems we figured out how to get here. Yeah? Now we just gotta get back.
5: Wait, what do you mean? You mean, like, this is... this is the point?
0: Well, it's where you're from, isn't it? Certainly smells mortal enough.
5: Wait, so I'm back.
0: Well, that was that was the point, wasn't it?
5: I'm back. Oh,
0: back in a barely mean groove, kid. Welcome to it.
5: Yeah, it smells nasty. Yeah, We're it does. There's
0: they, there really is no mistaking this this funk. This is the Lower East Side. This is just down from the Styles.
5: You know. Makes me wonder why I wanted to go home so much, but too late for that. Let's go back.
0: Hey, which way'd
5: that be? I don't know, bird. Which way is it?
0: You still haven't caught it yet,
5: have you, kid?
0: Find the way and I'll open it.
5: Alright, I just point to my left. That way.
0: And you walk over to the tracks, which uh, have a train coming.
5: Okay, bird. Do your thing.
0: I don't see a door here, kid.
5: Oh. Would the door into the train work?
0: The train goes rattling past. because goes, well, if you can catch one. Huh. What well, if you can catch one.
5: Well, there has to be a door in the station, right? Yep. Open that
0: okay you look and it leads down some stairs this is the emergency exits i'll keep going you step into the stairwell and head down the stairs there's another door there's another door at the bottom of the stairwell which you push the release on and it opens up onto cal Revis way
5: okay bird where's the door
0: I'm the opener of ways, not the finder.
5: Well... Okay, let's retrace our steps, then.
0: That's not exactly how it works.
5: How am I supposed to find a way, then?
0: You're the wayfinder, you tell me. Perception, Tim.
5: I have 22.
0: That's when you look across the street and you see uh, three halflings who you recognize. Do you remember those guys? Says to back to Arabets.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to turn around.
0: Yeah, there's elves in the stairwell, Timothy. Full on elves you saw not so long ago.
5: Oh this
0: again. You are surrounded, and that circle begins to close.
5: That was episode 13, Black Sheep and Electric Dreams.
0: Runelanders was recorded live and curated by DM Mad Adam. All of the usual people played all of the usual roles, and you can find out more about who they are, who their characters are, and all the little Easter eggs that I scatter through these episodes at runelanders.com. Like what you hear? We'd love to know what you think. If you like us, tell your friends. If you don't, let us know why. Find us on Twitter at CastTheRunes. Send an email to runelanders at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at Runelanders.
5: Next time on Runelanders, we're going to have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out.
0: We're back in two weeks.
5: We'll see you then. Till next time, take good care.